Welcome, finally, back into the Card Chronicle podcast. It is the morning of Friday, April 15th. And folks, sometimes there are coincidences in this world that are almost too extreme to believe, make you kind of question reality. I'm talking, you know, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, dying hours apart on the same day, the 4th of July, the 50th anniversary of American independence. I'm talking John F. Kennedy having a secretary whose last name was Lincoln. And now I'm talking the Card Chronicle podcast returning after maybe a month-long hiatus on the same exact day that we find out out of left field, out of the blue, that apparently Danny Manning is going to be named as Kenny Payne's next assistant coach at the University of Louisville. This is, if you're just joining the podcast, if you, you haven't been a long-time listener, one of the running themes of this pod has been uh, my co-host, Danny Sennard in Columbus, Ohio, up there, is a Danny Manning fanatic. He he thinks Danny Manning's the greatest coach who ever existed. I've given him shit for a long time because I thought Danny Manning was not doing a great job at Wake Forest. Manning gets fired at Wake Forest. He goes to Maryland. We knock off Maryland in the Bahamas. Manning winds up getting the, the interim head coaching job there. And throughout all of this, Danny Sennard has remained loyal to Danny Manning. He's in his bio on Twitter. When this news broke this morning... Dan got hit up with a million people wanting to hear his thoughts. So, I mean, it really is like, like I, I can't, I can't believe that this is happening. Like, I, I cannot believe that we, we had planned this. We weren't, this isn't like technically an emergency pod, although I feel like we, this is kind of like an actual episode slash emergency pod, but we were set to record today anyway. And it just so happens that we're going to get one of the prominent figures in this podcast as a Louisville Cardinal here in about an hour when this press conference happens at noon. Dan, walk me through your thoughts right now. What what are you feeling? This is kind of, this is your day. Today, today, today. <laughs> I consider myself, myself, the luckiest man, man, man on the face of the earth. I mean, I, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of speechless. I talk about, I mean, I woke up this morning, I got donuts for my kids, like, you know, just another routine day in old Dan's life, and next thing you know, my world's turned upside down. The king is is coming to the bluegrass state. Um, yeah, I mean, what did Jeff Goldblum say in Jurassic Park? Life finds a way, and <laughs> it's absolutely, unbelievably ironic that <laughs> this guy, after I, I, he wasn't like the butt of a joke. I mean, like. I really do like this guy. If you want me to go down the big men of Kansas in like the late 2000, early 2010s, I have it pulled up on my phone right now. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm over the moon. The staff, I mean, with Nolan Smith and then, you know, I guess we'll find out who the third is. I, I think there's, there's people that are hoping for somebody, but this is just absolutely incredible. Um, we're all blessed to be alive today. <laughs> I mean, it is, when you look at the staff now, because when the news came out, I guess this morning, that Kenny Payne was going to be having a press conference at noon to announce a new addition on his staff, everybody has sort of thought the same thing, which was that it's going to be Milt Wagner, because that's been rumored for a long time that Milt was going to be an assistant. I think he was actually the first name that was tossed out there as uh, as, as a as somebody who reportedly was was on board and was going to be named an assistant coach. We find out the first official hire is Nolan Smith. Now the second appears to be Danny Manning. If, in fact, Milt does wind up being the third assistant coach, 
you've got an entire coaching staff that a won a national championship in college, b was a first round draft pick in the NBA, and c played in the NBA. Like that is a I, I can't imagine there are too many college programs that have had that happen at the same time with, with you know the four main coaches all having those attributes on their resume. Um, it's it's kind of an astonishing thing. We. I mean, we haven't potted in like a month. It's terrible. I know we've had gaps before. This is probably the worst. I think I don't know if we went a month without doing a podcast during COVID, but um, I, I got hired by SB Nation for the month to cover the NCAA tournament. Um, Dan was doing his bougie thing and going to the Masters at Augusta and being a world traveler. And you know, we both have have kids and we've had disasters. We missed so much. We we haven't. I mean, we missed the official hiring. <laughs> to be honest, we were kind of letting the. As Bob Valvano would say, we're kind of letting the cake bake. I feel like we, you know, right when the season ended, you know, we could get on and pod, but we kind of wanted to see what some of the moves were. And now that they're coming to fruition, it feels like there's there's obviously stuff to talk about moving forward. I mean, don't let us off the hook. Like, like we, yeah, I know. I, I'm thinking of excuses here. We're terrible. We've tried to make this happen, and we've just had stuff coming up every single time that we've been closed and. Like, people have let me know. Like I, I think I hear about it every single day on Twitter at some point or via email. Now we should say if you missed this, I guess it was a, what like three weeks ago. Danny was in town, and we actually you, you'd sat in, you co-hosted the Mike Rutherford show with me, which was awesome. Which kind of felt like, you know, it's a three-hour show, so it sort of felt like three mini pods. So maybe you chalk that up as a, as a uh, as sort of a de facto. Oh, I couldn't be podcast. like. Yeah, but I couldn't be like, let's fucking go right now. Like, <laughs> I can do that here. Like, I I'm so fucking excited about this. Like, th- here's the deal. I think more than anything, the thing that this program has been missing for the last five, six years when we've been under this this cloud, there's just been no swag in the program at all. Now it is literally impossible for this program not to have swag. I mean, for what you have on the bench, we're excited about the guys that we're bringing back. The rumors you hear about possible guys coming in, I mean, it's all happening. I don't, it's 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 really all happening. This is what we've begged for. Granted, I mean, when when we were talking about coaching hires, I'll I'll be the first to admit. I mean, I I said Kenny wasn't my first choice, but I was going to be on board, um, and I am fully on board. I am very excited. Um, so far, everything he's done. Um, I'm thrilled about. Granted, we haven't seen a game yet. That's that's a big deal, obviously. But uh, God, it's just we're 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 back to where I feel like we belong in the national landscape as far as being talked about as like like Nolan Smith said, like one of those feared programs. And and that's all I wanted to be because I know we are capable of it um, as a program. It's and we talked about this as a possibility when. It was looking – I mean, the whole time, every, everybody kind of thought Kenny Payne was the front runner for this. I think everybody thought <clears> – <throat> excuse me, even though there were other names that came up here and there. You know, I said on the show, I mean, every goddamn day we talked about the coaching surge every time we had the podcast. Like, I think it's going to be Kenny Payne, and, and I'll believe it's going to be Kenny Payne until it's otherwise. And it wound up being Kenny Payne, and I think that we all were hoping that we would have this period of excitement these first few months where things would happen quickly and – You'd be getting big-time recruits, big-time transfers, and the coaching staff would be exciting. And we certainly are getting a taste of that already. I mean, popping up on the list of five stars is something that 
is such a refreshing deal because it's been so long since I felt like we were swimming in those waters. And the coaching staff hires have obviously been exciting, bringing old friends back into the fold who were kind of feeling distant from U of L for the last couple of decades has been fun. I would, here's where I have to kind of be like the wet blanket. Yeah. And you knew this was going to happen. Like I, I figured this would happen. I think it'll happen even more if we start landing some of these, you know, four star, five star kids that are considering Louisville, but let's pump the brakes on the whole, like we're already back, you know, Oh, I can't, I, 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 I can't I, believe people thought that it was going to take Kenny Payne long to turn this thing around. Like, let's let, let, let's let's see what this roster looks like. We haven't even gotten a, a recruit to commit just yet. And even when we start doing that, let's wait until we get some games under our belt. But I'm uh, I'm not going to poo poo the the overwhelming excitement and the, the great sentiment as far as like what we're doing right now and how good it feels and, and what the future looks like it might hold for this program moving forward. But there's still there's still work to do, folks. We've, we've we've still got some some time to go, and I would say the same thing on the football side, uh, which we're going to talk about here pretty soon. But regardless of all that, regardless of, I mean, this is as this is all you can ask for for the for the this type of off season and this situation that the program's in. And I don't blame people for having you know all this unbridled enthusiasm because my God, it's been a long time since we've we've had stuff like this to feel good about. You're you're exactly right, and like. That's why, I mean, I see some of these tweets, like, anytime, like, a five-star either, you know, opens, you know, has us on his one of 25 list of schools that he's considering or if, like, a big-time transfer, they're like, oh, time to go grab him. Like, I mean, believe me, I'm I'm excited that we're being mentioned in that, um, and I'm the same way as you. I don't want to shit on anyone that is excited about that um, as well. But I'm also realistic. Um you know, I, I think there's obviously in the first year going to be some growing pains, but that that doesn't mean that we can't harness as a fan base like our excitement. I mean, we've we've waited for this for so long, you know, sat through so many just terrible. I mean, I don't want to say I don't want to crap on anyone here, but some mediocre, you know, just some like mediocre transfers some underwhelming recruits that like, you know, we kind of willed ourselves and talked ourselves into. Um, but it, it just seems like, all right, like this is the playground we should actually be on. And it feels like we're slowly going to get there. So, um, yeah, I don't know the the off season is finally, it feels like fun again. I'm sure at some point, not again, not to shoot on anyone. I'm sure like the IARP will come out at some point. Even the, as bad as it can be, I just wanted to come out. I think everyone's the same way. Um, hopefully it's not as bad as, as everyone is, you know. I think everyone is kind of lightened up and thinking it might not be as terrible as we once first thought. So, knock on wood, um, that's the case. But, man, just a lot of momentum in the athletic program right now. Uh, football, basketball, the baseball team, I know they dropped one last night. But, you know, they're kind of back to where they belong. So, I am uh I'm I'm in a good spot as far as my fandom goes. Yeah, football, basketball, baseball and, and more importantly the Don Sinniford, uh Ron Dan oh, Mike's yeah. golf well, team, fantasy golf team is we're having our best season so far. Without e- question. Easily, yeah. I was I was going to say the the Masters for the the Dan and the Dumps, but we'll uh we can just get out of the way right now. We had Cam Smith and the Masters and my God, the Sunday blow-up was just oh, 
Jesus Christ. Hey, hey, we're staying positive. Let's, let's focus on the fact that there are 98 teams in this league, and we are currently 13th. So we're we're right there. We've we've had uh, 12 tournaments, 11 tournaments, and we've had four top five finishes. We're so everything's back besides the Reds, which we're yeah. we, we we can just know it. We'll save Phil Castellini for the the next podcast because it's oh been, yeah. I mean, it's been a month since the last time we. I mean, we we literally we we missed the. Kenny Payne becoming the head coach. We missed Louisville somehow becoming the football recruiting powerhouse of the West Coast, which is incredible. We missed you going to the Masters. Um, me, that same week, having a stray cat stuck in the ceiling of my basement. We, we missed all sorts of things. It, it's, been a, it's been a whirlwind around here, but we're happy to catch up. And we're going to take a, You guys served up a bunch of questions for us that we're going to answer uh, here on this podcast. Uh, I do love – I'm currently getting blown up by Wake Forest fans who've noticed this. And all, basically the same joke is like they're like Jeff Bezelik is available if you guys want to hire him too because we hired Dino Gaudio. We hired uh, Danny Manning. There's only one recently failed head coach from Wake Forest who's, who's, who hasn't been on a Louisville staff, and it's Jeff Bezelik. So, uh, yeah, I, maybe we'll trade him for Steve Forbes in a couple of years, but I, I do love seeing that. But, Dan, it's been a, it's been a while. We're here. We're, we're excited. The landscape of the entire athletic program, I feel like, has shifted. We've got well, the only thing that's still the same is the athletic director debate, but we can we, we can save that for another day. But I mean, where do we even? What do you want to start talking about here? Do you want to dive into the football recruiting? Do you want to dive into the basketball roster? We've talked about the coaching staff a little bit. Let's talk about guys that we have coming. I, I think the basketball roster is a little fun to talk about because I think for the most part, the guys coming back are the people that the fan base were for the most part clamoring to come back. Um, uh-huh. And I don't know that, that kind of tells me we're knowledgeable basketball fans. I think we know what we're talking about a little bit, but <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, geez, you see flashes. I mean, someone like Jalen, I mean, obviously we've seen the flashes. You're like, oh, I know it's in there. People were so pissed off that we had him playing along the perimeter last year. Um, I don't know, man, that, that now with Danny Manning in the fold, this guy, maybe he's the next Thomas Robinson, you know, maybe Roosevelt Wheeler's, you know, the next Markeith Morris. Um, that's what, that's what this coaching staff, the excitement that's bringing. And then obviously you add Nolan Smith in the fold. Um, you know, hopefully that means good things for the future of our guards, um, whoever that may be. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 like I said, I think there's going to be some growing pains. Um, but with what we saw from Sid last year, I think L. Ellis is a very capable ACC guard. Um, Jalen, like we just talked about. And then J.J. I mean, I was very high on J.J. freshman year, and I know he had some injuries. But I was a little bewildered at the lack of playing time throughout the season, like, especially with how bad it was going, I just didn't understand at least giving him a shot, like whether he was bad in practice, like whatever we put out there couldn't have been worse. Um, so that, that I never really understood that. So I, I, I really hope that he develops because I, I do think there's something there with him, but um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Well, first of all, I love how every player is going to morph into a Kansas player from the past. I like that you were like, He's going to become Chondi Brown now <laughs> from, like, one of the Wake Forest guys. All right. Well, let's look at – He's going to be Olivier Sar. Uh, uh, yeah. 
he was so much better at Wake Forest than Kentucky. It's like there's one factor there. Old old DM himself. <laughs> I mean, are we going to become big man you now that we have? You know, Kenny Payne has this reputation for being sort of the big man whisperer, and Danny Manning obviously has had his fair share of success uh, coaching big men and, and being a big man himself. So it, it feels like that's kind of in our future. You mentioned the guys coming back. We, we know that five are coming back. It's kind of the five that, that most people thought were going to come back and that wanted to come back. We know that, I guess, um, six now total have entered the transfer portal. We lost uh, three that didn't have any eligibility left. And the one guy that we're waiting on now is Roosevelt Wheeler, who has not yeah, made a decision. Yeah, I, I kind of jumped the gun there. Yeah, well, my understanding on Thursday night was that, you know, they've kind of been – Everybody's been taking turns making their announcements, which is great for somebody who hosts a daily radio show. Like, like let's let's yeah. spread all the news out. Let's have one thing to talk about. So I had heard Thursday night that it was going to be Jalen Withers announcing Friday that he's coming back, JJ Trainer announcing Saturday that he's coming back, Roosevelt Wheeler announcing Sunday that he's coming back, and then introducing Nolan Smith as the assistant on Monday. And three of those four things happened. Roosevelt Wheeler made no announcement on Sunday. Kenny Payne was asked about it on Monday, and he essentially said. You know, I've talked with him. We've had good talks. I've let him know that we want him around, and the ball's in his court. So I don't. I've, I've got no idea where Roosevelt Wheeler stands. Would love to have him back. If he doesn't, that's that, that's fine too. I guess maybe he sees a crowded front court with um, with Trainer and and Sidney Curry both coming back, and Louisville also actively re- recruiting some some big man transfers. But we'll see. I'd like to have him back. But I'm with you. I think the guys that most people wanted to see come back. Namely, L. Ellis and Sidney Curry are back in the fold. And I, I, like you, was very excited to see Jalen Withers come back. Just because if you take, if you made a Jalen Withers highlight film from the last two seasons, it probably would be the most impressive highlight film of any player that we have on our roster from last season. Because he's got the combination of size, athleticism, and skill that when he makes a, a, a fantastic play, you're like, God damn, like, like that's an NBA play. Like there are, you know, he's top two percent in college basketball players when he does something like what he's capable of doing, and I'm sure that a ton of Power Five conference or Power Conference coaches would see that highlight video and say, "We can work with this. Like, like we can mold this kid into an All Conference type player if he's capable of doing this. I don't care how, like how pedestrian the stats have been or." why he had such a significant drop-off from his freshman to his sophomore season. Like, we can make this kid a player. And you would have hated to have seen that happen somewhere else, where he would realize that potential and put together a complete season and become, like, an all-Big 12 player, an all-Big 10 player, and not have it happen here. So I'm glad that Kenny Payne, hopefully, is the guy who can harness that talent and, and make him realize his full potential. And hopefully we see the same type of jump next season that we all were predicting, or at least what? a lot of us were predicting for this season. One one thing, let me jump in about Jalen, that to me, I feel like success is going to come, especially when you hear Kenny Payne's press conference. I mean, yes, we're going to have some sort of system in place, but I love that he said, like, we're going to let these kids run and play. And when you watch Jalen the last year, year and a half, there was nobody on the court that looked like they were out there thinking more than playing than Jalen Withers. For sure. And he is 100% a kid that just looks like, hey, if you let this kid play, his talent is going to show out. Um, so that's why I'm excited about him, man, because it's in there. We've seen it. Um, but 
so it, it just feel like, you know, he, he had the reins on him the last year and a half. You know, I know the big thing about Mac, he had 10,000 plays or whatever. It looked like Jalen just was overthinking on every single possession. So, um, yeah, and I, that kind of goes for JJ too, I think. I, I, I feel like if you kind of just let him loose, his, his talents will show out a little bit more. So, um, yeah, I mean, now it's just going to kind of be up to the surrounding pieces. I mean, we're obviously going to need, um, you know, I know L. Ellis tweeted that, hey, I'm a point guard, and I love that. Um, but we're gonna need we're gonna need some depth there, so uh, we're gonna have to get some guards in place, someone that's able to handle the rock. Um, but yeah, man, it with the LSU kid possibly coming in. Um, God, if we could get that, what is his name, Elijah Fisher, the Canadian guy to reclassify. That, yeah, that's, that's re- I don't know if that's. It sounds like that's that's, that's that's it, it sounds like that's kind of not in the cards anymore. I but mean, we'll see. Just what reclassification or not coming it, here at all? It sounds like Kenny Payne. I mean, there's again, this is all just speculation. It's not, it, I know Kenny Payne spent an extra day to see him in Indianapolis. I think he's kind of backed away from him since then. But okay, well, we'll see. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, we'll. Uh, yeah, we got a lot more of the off season to play out, but it's at least exciting to talk about. Yeah, and I mean, if you have, if you're looking right now at the roster, you've got. Five, potentially six guys coming back if Wheeler does decide to stay. You've got Kamari Lance, who officially told, um, I think, Cardinal Authority or 24-7 Sports that he does plan on signing with Louisville. He's remaining true to his commitment. That makes seven. So you've got at least six spots to work with now. And Devin Ree, the 2022 recruit who's going to be on campus this weekend, I mean, everybody thinks he's going to wind up signing with Louisville. He's going to be the first recruit to commit to Louisville. He's known as a shooter. He's, I think, the number 82 player in the 2022 class, according to the 24-7 sports composite rankings. That would make eight. So you've got five roster spots to fill. And they're important roster spots because as excited as we were to get some of these guys back from last year's team, we're still talking about guys returning from a 13-win team that was maybe the worst team in Louisville history. Like, you can... You can develop that talent. There's certainly skill there, but still, it, it has to be, like you said, with LLSB saying he wants to play point guard, okay, Nolan Smith, you got to work with this guy all summer because decision-making has to improve. The turnovers have to be cut down. Ball handling has to be better. It can't just be – I mean, LLS was at his best when he would get into scoring zones, but, like, the offense during those situations was primarily, like, give the ball to L somebody set a high ball screen and let him go. Like, it's going to have to be more than that this year if he's going to be running the show for a team that's competitive in the ACC. So you need – we need some shooters. I know Louisville's in on Sean McNeil, the transfer from West Virginia who's originally from Kentucky. Um, they've reached out to a couple of other high-profile transfers, including Janai Broom from Morehead State, who's one of the best shot blockers in the country and, a, I think, a talented offensive big man who could play right away here. Um, there are some other guys that I think would be exciting fits, but the task that, that Kenny Payne is dealing with right now, and this is why it's not me being like overly pessimistic, I don't think, but it's me being a little bit worried about the fans that are seeing all this positive news and are saying, hell, we're, you know, we should be top 25 good this season. We should be in the NCAA tournament this season. And the reason why I would just say, pump the brakes on that just a little bit, or don't be overly disappointed if Kenny Payne's first season isn't a wild on-the-court success, is you're competing 
with programs for these transfers who can point to Louisville and say they've got no idea if they're going to be eligible to play in the 2023 NCAA tournament. We know beyond the shadow of any doubt that we are. And the reason for that is Louisville, like you you sort of alluded to earlier, we're not going to hear anything from the IARP officially until it sounds like October is the timeline. We have the hearing coming up in June, and if if the IARP follows the timeline that they have with NC State, they won't hand down a punishment until uh, October, which will be right before the start of the season. So if you're talking to a kid like Sean McNeil, the West Virginia transfer, who's considering he's down to six other schools, and you know you're competing with Virginia and Texas Tech and these other programs. You can't fully guarantee that 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 you're going to be eligible to play in the NCAA tournament. You can say that things look good. You can say that the IRP has come out and said we don't want to punish um, people who had nothing to do with these transgressions, but you can't guarantee it. It shouldn't affect your recruiting of the 2023 class. It shouldn't affect your recruiting of you know potentially transfers that are transferring after their freshman season and have multiple years of eligibility left. But it might hurt your ability to get kids that want to have a more of a, a microscope, more of a spotlight, play in bigger games, and then ultimately play in the NCAA tournament just because, you know, Kenny Payne has no idea what the IRP is going to do, just like we don't. And so I think that that might lead us with a, leave us with a roster for next season that's not hopefully up to the standards that Kenny Payne's going to have for every season after that, if, if any of this makes sense. No, it does. And I mean, I, like I said, I, <laughs> on a day like today, I, know, I do not I, what I like. That's like hard for me to even talk about. Um, but I don't know. I just like for whatever reason, just seeing what's come out of the IARP lately. Like I've really just kind of switched my mode. And if I'm disappointed, then hey, you know I'm not going to be utterly shocked. But I, I have a better feeling about the punishment than I did this time last year for sure. Um, I do too, but, but like, but like that's that's kind of not. The I point. know they can still hold it over our head. Other programs, like, I totally the, the thing that. is, we don't like we don't know. Like, and, yeah. and so you can't get a kid. If this were early, like if we were going to find out at the end of this month, then sure, like we find out, we recruit accordingly. But the once again, like the the lack of just knowing what's coming is killing us. It's the biggest punishment of all, and it's going to wind up being the case for five full fucking years. And all it's right. super, super obnoxious. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. <laughs> I mean, is, are, are we getting, are we getting milk? Is this happening? I mean, you see this stuff on Twitter. Who knows? I mean, where this, these rumors are coming from. I have no idea, but what, it, what, what is your gut feeling or do you just have zero idea? Well, you said milk. Do you mean DJ? Sorry, yeah. No, I mean, as an assistant. Oh, um, I mean, I, I think so. The, the, even before Kenny Payne was officially hired, the word was that Milt was going to be joining his staff in some capacity. And then it became, it's not special assistant. It's not director of basketball operations. He's going to be one of the three full-time assistants. And we haven't heard anything yet. And I wonder if, you know, there's this rule, and I'm paraphrasing here because I don't know the rule exactly, but there's some rule that the NCAA has. Basically, it's in place to just sort of try to avoid or prevent the shameless hiring of relatives strictly to get kids. Um, the rule is basically like if you're recruiting the relative of somebody that you're putting on staff, the person that you put on staff has to be a full-time assistant. Like you can't just give them a video coordinator, just, you know, no nothing title just to have them here to get their kid to come to your program. And I think 
maybe Louisville's trying to to navigate those waters because they're not exactly sure what the rule is. Maybe that's the holdup. Maybe they wanted to bring Milton as a special assistant and not a full time assistant, but they're not sure if that you know works with the NCAA rules. If DJ does wind up committing, I think that's probably the holdup. My guess is Milt still winds up being the third you know full on assistant, but I can't tell you that beyond the shadow of any doubt. It is. I mean, the DJ Wagner stuff is getting exciting because. Yeah. Travis Branham, who's a you know, Kentucky guy, he's a recruiting expert, but he does have allegiances to UK. He put out there today, he made a crystal ball prediction. The first one that I've seen, DJ Wagner to Louisville, which just seeing that got me all excited. And this is going to be, I mean, Kyle Tucker said it, Brett Dawson said it on my show. They both said it back to back. This is going to be the biggest recruiting battle ever between Louisville and Kentucky because we're not just talking about a five-star kid a potential one and done. This is the number one player in the 2023 class, and it's a player whose grandfather played at Louisville and whose grandfather might be on the Louisville staff and whose father played for John Calipari at Memphis and whose like whole family has is kind of, I think, felt indebted to Calipari. I don't know if, how many people are aware of the story that Calipari you know, pushed Dewan Wagner to go pro after his first year. Uh, after his freshman season at Memphis, even though Dewan, I think, had some reservations. And then it wound up coming to light after Dewan had been in the NBA for a year and a half that he had these serious medical conditions that, that ended his playing career. And if Calipari hadn't pushed him, he wouldn't have made the $8 million that he did. And so the whole family, like, they, they love John Calipari. They're, they're very in on him. And it's a, it's going to be a hell of a battle because if either side loses DJ Wagner to the other, it's going to sting significantly because you feel like you have a family tie to the number one player. And not only is he not going to your program, he's going to your arch rival and you're going to, you're going to face him in December. So this is a big time deal. And if we are able to land him, I mean, it's the first real just major sign that everything that we want the Kenny Payne era to be has the potential of coming to fruition. I totally agree. And like, yes, you're accurate in saying like, of course it would sting. Um, like, I mean, you just talked about, like, the roots of, of his family and our program. Um, but as a fan base, I mean, we got to keep in mind here, like, we started out on this recruitment way behind the eight ball. I mean, yeah. it, like, this is – talk about, like, I mean, we are playing serious catch-up for the number one recruit. And that's a hard thing to do, you know, even with the family ties. So if for whatever reason he didn't come, you know, I, I don't want it to be like, well, shit, why do we hire Kenny Payne, blah, 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 we couldn't even get this kid because that's kind of bullshit because of how far behind or how late we got kind of into the game in this recruitment. But like you said, I mean, this is exciting. I mean, the fact that we're even being talked about in these recruiting battles, um, you know, it's great. It's just a, a place that we haven't been, you know, for a while. I mean, even in the Patino era, yes, we, we landed some – I mean, nice recruits. Samardo was a big recruit. Um, but like, you know, we, it just felt like we lost a lot of the big name recruits. I mean, obviously Marcus T comes to mind. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I'm looking for it. Like the off season, let's be honest, they've been a little bit depressing and yeah. this has been the exact opposite. So, um, really nothing to complain about on my end. I'm, I'm super excited for what's to come in the future of Louisville basketball. Yeah, I, I love – I mean, we've been talking about recruiting more on the, the radio show in the last two weeks than than we have, like, in the last, like, five years on other shows. And I'm starting to wonder, like, 
because I always say I'm not the biggest recruiting guy. I like talking about kids once they've committed and especially after they've signed. And now I'm like, was I not the biggest recruiting guy or was my team just not recruiting well enough for the past like 20 years for yeah. me to get excited about it? Because I'm going to, I'm going to read this list real quick. And I've read this on air and it, it blew my mind. It blew uh, Trevor Kelsey's mind. And I think it's going to blow your mind. This is how, so I'm going to read you the list of the highest rated recruits to sign with Louisville since 2000, which is when the you know, the scout rivals 24-7, all the how scouting many, service how many, you, how many are you reading? Like, how many names? I will go until it stops getting weird. Okay, go ahead. So, do you? first of all, do you know who's your guess is the highest rated recruit to ever sign with Louisville since 2000, since the, the recruiting services existed? Wasn't it Samardo? It is Samardo Samuels. Okay, he was Samardo. He was the number four overall player in the 20, 2008 class. So, you know, two seasons at Louisville, good, not great, not what you would expect from the highest rated player to ever sign with, uh, you know, one of the top six programs in the history of the sport, but whatever, he, he was fine. Number two, Sebastian Telfair. Jesus. <laughs> I, I've said it before, Sebastian Telfair single-handedly tanked Louisville basketball, um, he led us on for a long time. He could have just told Rick Pitino he's going pro. Instead, he waited too long. Pitino lost out on Rajon Rondo. Rondo and, would, I mean, I'm dead serious. Rondo would be my favorite Louisville player of all time, I think, if he went to Louisville. Um, it would but, have been a better, much better fit than UK. It would have been perfect. And Pitino, you know, kind of botched that. We didn't get Rondo. So the next year we had to scramble to land a point guard. And the point guard that we landed was Andre McGee. So Sebastian Telfair ruined, ruined Louisville basketball. I won't be told otherwise. Number three, speaking of ruining Louisville basketball, Brian Bowen is the third highest rated recruit to ever sign with Louisville. Yeah, well, this part, they turned around. Are you ready for number four? Um, I'm going to guess. Okay. Uh, uh, number four, God, I'm going to go with um, Earl Clark. Samuel Williamson is the number four highest-rated player to ever sign with Louisville basketball in the recruiting era. Um, he was the number 19 overall player in the 2019 class. He is now, uh, as of this week, playing for SMU. He has signed with SMU. He will play for uh, Brian Denier. I think he was the new took over for Tim Jankovic. Uh, number five, Amir Johnson. Never played a game for Louisville. Signed. He's the fifth-highest player to ever sign with Louisville, though. Number six, Dante Smith. All right. Shane Bahannon, number six. Uh, once again, like, certainly had some moments at Louisville, was the MVP of the West region his freshman season, was fantastic in the national title game, um, got kicked off the team midway through his junior year. I don't, I don't think he lived up to the number six, uh, overall highest player to ever sign with Louisville. Number seven, you named this name earlier, Earl Clark. Probably the best out of the top ten. And even, then I think some people would probably call his college career a, a mild disappointment. Um, oh, it's, people, I mean, I, I'm surprised by it too. People like critique Earl all the time. Like, like there are there is a faction of the Louisville fan base that just thinks he should have been much much better than he was. I I think he had a good career. I would say like I, like I think the good far outweighed the bad with Earl. But some people we beat Michigan State. I mean, people look at Earl in a different light, I feel like. but He was the only guy who played well in that game, too. It was, yeah. So. People still just shit on him 
for whatever reason. Uh, number eight, VJ King. Oh, jeez. Not great. Not great. Number nine, Derek Character. <laughs> I mean, I love Derek, but anyways. Number 10, Juan Palacios. Okay, we love Juan. Could have been different if it hadn't been for the injuries, but. Yeah, yeah, that was tough. Number 11, Malik Williams. Mm, okay. <laughs> number, <laughs> number 12, Shaquan Aaron. <laughs> My boy, Shaquan. One of the best high school highlight tapes I've ever seen. I was so sold on this guy. And then he got, I was like, well, maybe he's a little skinny, but I mean, I'm sure it's fine. And then like, <laughs> how many times did that guy hit the side hit of the, the backboard? Side of, I was about to say, <laughs> had to have set the college record for hitting the side of the backboard on through. And then like, I would turn on USC games at 1 a.m. and he's still doing the exact same thing. They're like, Aaron for three. I'm like, here it comes. Backboard smack. <laughs> oh, uh, the one college basketball player in the last decade who I think I would have a chance at beating in a push-up contest was Shaquan Aaron. Literally, I was like, I cannot believe we got the right-handed Tayshaun Prince to cut the lead. <laughs> <laughs> um, number 14, Wayne Blackshear. Um, Love you, Wayne. I think I was actually 13. And then here is where it finally gets to the run of, like, the most success. It takes It takes getting all the way down to number 14, 14 through 16. Number 14 was Donovan Mitchell. Number 15, Terry Rozier. Number 16, Peyton Siva. But that that top 13 is almost unbelievable for a program that's as successful as Louisville and which over this time period was as successful as Louisville was. It blows your mind. Hopefully we can change this list and have some names at the top or near the top that have great years or a year at Louisville and then go on to have top-level NBA success because this is it's, it's a sad list. Now, now I'm just scared. I'm like, okay, uh, maybe, maybe we should go for some high four stars here. Uh, that was that was a pretty depressing read right there. Um, well, well, we'll pick the mood up here in just a second. Before we do, I want to remind you guys, this podcast brought to you, as always, by our friends over at Homefield Apparel. Not sure if you saw the news at 10 a.m. today. Homefield dropped two new Louisville T-shirts they've got, uh, which is appropriate for the, the moment. They've got a 1986 National Championship t-shirt, which is fantastic. They've also got a, a throwback Louisville football t-shirt. They've got the old Red Rage logo. Those two dropped today. Check them out at homefieldapparel.com. While you're there, check out all the other Louisville retro designs that they've got. The best t-shirts, the softest hoodies, the coolest designs in all of college sports apparel is over at homefieldapparel.com. And if it's your first time purchasing from Homefield, use the promo code CHRONICLE15 when you check out. It's going to save you 15% off that first purchase. Homefield Apparel, they're always releasing new stuff. They've got great St. Peter's shirts if you want to troll uh, your UK friends this summer. I got the uh, Strut of Destiny shirt. It's fantastic. Can't recommend it highly enough. They've got other St. Peter's gear as well. But check them out, homefieldapparel.com. Follow them on social media for all their latest releases and pick up those two new shirts. They're uh, they're wonderful and they're perfectly timed for the summer. Um, before we get to questions from Twitter, we have to bring up the fact that West Coast Scott Satterfield <laughs> is just, oh, I mean, in the city, the city of Scott. Like California dreams. No, I, I mean, this guy, it's unbelievable what's happening. Just let me lay here in the sun until Scott's recruiting is done. God, what a great song. <laughs> oh, God. High point I mean, for the podcast right there. Yeah, for sure. Um, Recruits with attitude. 
That, that's a good. Oh god, I can't. Oh, I can't remember any of the characters' names. There was Sly, and then Sly I, was the Sly Del Vecchio. Yeah, Sly Del Vecchio. Um, yeah. the, like the, the badass dude who wore the leather jacket was Jake. I remember that. Was there a Becky? I don't know. I, I, You're thinking of the duck from Saved by the Bell. I know. We're we're, we're losing. We're losing our audience here. Let's get back. Okay. I mean, let's, let's talk about the fact. I mean, yesterday, and I. I hesitate to even talk about it because I feel like there's another one coming any day now. But uh, Aaron Williams, who is the fifth highest rated recruit to ever sign or to ever commit to Louisville football, a cornerback from California, pulls the trigger, commits to Satterfield yesterday. And, you know, it's one thing to talk about recruiting rankings, to talk about stars. I think you always look at the offer sheet to see just how good a kid is and how highly sought after he was. Aaron Williams, I mean, every school under the sun, you know, name a school – they were after him. Alabama offered him a scholarship. Georgia offered him a scholarship. LSU offered him a scholarship. Michigan, Oklahoma, any no, any school you want to talk about was in on this kid. He commits to Louisville. He is. We now have nine commits in this 2023 class. Six of them are a four star on at least one scouting service. The class right now, and I know it's early, and I know it'll change, but the class as of right now is number five overall in the country and the top rated class in the ACC, this is, I mean, we knew Scott had to make some big offseason moves if he was going to win back a any portion of the fan base. I think he still needs to win on the field. That There's no question about that. But this is, this is a big deal. We've been waiting for a recruiting class like this, even during the good times as Louisville football fans, and it's finally happening. And when all said and done, at this point, it would be a shock if this doesn't wind up being the highest-rated recruiting class in the history of Louisville football, and it kind of feels like it just came out of nowhere, but it's, man, it's it's, it's awfully fucking fun. I mean, I knew that the NIL, like, the way we talked about it and then presented it, like, would probably be a, a plus for from our city and to our program, but, like, are we, like, offering kids, like, equity and Papa John's? Like, I, like I, how are we doing this? Like, I mean, it would be one thing if we had, like, kind of, you know, slowly crept up the recruiting rankings, like, year by year. I mean, this is just so out of left field, and, boy, am I not complaining about it. I just am like, all right, well, whatever we're doing, keep it up. Um, obviously, uh, I think Clarkson is, I mean, just a huge – cog as far as you know helping the recruiting class and getting guys on campus and um you know you can say i mean geez i would i would almost commit just for these awesome social media videos that we're getting from these guys um but uh, hey well this is what we asked We, we said we need some excitement the program seems like it's dead and like he completely flipped it upside down in one off season we got Dion branch back in the fold eric woods in the fold um, yeah, man. I mean, this is great. Uh, granted, we still got a season to come up. You know, we did just lose Tyler Harrell. Granted, it was to Alabama. I mean, I'm pissed about it, but uh, if Alabama comes knocking, and yes, you can complain about tampering, whatever, but if Alabama comes knocking, I mean, you're usually going to answer. Um, but I'm excited. I mean, I, I, I think you definitely do need to see some improvement this year, and I think we will, but gosh, it's, uh, it's fun to just at least, like, think about football and be excited about it in the off season. This is like – this recruiting, it's sort of like if you just started playing golf and you played, 
you know, two rounds at Crescent Hill, and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm playing Valhalla. Like, let's 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 go. It's time. Like, I, I don't understand how we went from just nothing to to this. And it kind of I went on this rant on the show a little bit a couple of days ago. I was like. Why weren't we doing this two years ago? Like, like Pete Thomas was on staff, and I guess it's you know, the answer is you needed that that first domino, and you mentioned it. It's Pierce Clarkson. Like if he doesn't, if you don't get him to commit, if he goes to to Oregon or USC or Arizona or the other schools that were after him, you probably don't have this class. I think he's the main reason why we're getting all these Cali kids. And you needed that to you know he had to have that first domino fall for the other ones to go down. But it just seems like this is all. It feels like this is all, <clears throat> excuse me, like a reaction to Satterfield knowing that the fan base was so distraught last December, you know, after the Kentucky loss and then giving up 7,000 yards passing to an Air Force team that was dead last in the country in passing in the bowl game. I feel like Satterfield knew that he had to do some stuff in the offseason to, to, to galvanize the fan base again. So he you know, has sort of a, a spring game for the first time makes the team more available than he has in the past. He's going on other radio shows. He's you know, he's giving everybody Angels Envy signed bottles. Still waiting for mine. Whatever. <laughs> Come on the pod, Scott. Um but he's trying he's he's trying to reach the fan base in a way that he really wasn't doing the first couple of years. And now this recruiting thing also it is like everybody who was not I'm not gonna say everybody, but a lot of the people that were ready for him to go are now kind of at least saying, let's wait and see how this goes. Like, there are some exciting things happening. It does set up an interesting dynamic for the fall, and I feel like I'm going to be talking about this the way that I talked. Remember when we were doing the show, doing the podcast back during uh, Chris Mack's third season, the 2021 season, and we started playing poorly, and I just kept saying on the pod, like, just make the tournament, Chris. Like, just save us all a lot of yeah. headache. Just make the tournament. You don't want to find out what's going to happen if you don't. Like, I feel like some bad things are going to happen. And sure enough, like, a lot of bad stuff happened because we, I think, missed the tournament. If Satterfield doesn't win seven or eight games this year, it's going to be, it's going to be an awkward winner. Because, I mean, let's say the team goes six and six again. On one hand, you've got a coach who's been here for four years, had a losing overall record, and his only winning season was in year one. And on the other hand, you've got the highest rated recruiting class in the history of the program waiting in the wings. Like how much, how much leeway does that give him? I, I don't know. And it's why I keep saying like the best case scenario in all this is just, you know, win at, I mean, eight games would be fantastic. I think eight games makes it a no brainer. I feel like that's, that shows progress. And then you've got these recruits coming in. And it makes everybody feel like we're finally headed in the right direction and we can get back to where we want to be. If you go six and six, I think then people start questioning, like, is it even worth it to keep you around with these recruits? Because what have you shown us that leads us to believe that you can win with these players at a high enough level? So, again, I don't want to get ahead of myself because this is it's very exciting. I'm loving this. This is phenomenal. I think this is what we've been wanting to see. But we got to win some games this fall to make everybody happy and to make everybody feel good about where we're headed. No, I mean you're a hundred percent right. And um yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm looking at the schedule right now and I'm I'm looking for I mean, like you said, it feels like seven and five is just such a big difference from six and six. Um Yeah. So and it, that first game is gonna be huge. I mean, at Syracuse, 
Like, yes, it's a road game. Yes, it's first game of the year. But, man, that one, if you can grab that. You got to win. That, that, you get the fan base on your side. You don't want to start off on the wrong foot. Um, that one I feel like is, is definitely a must win for Scott. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, it, it seems like he's doing all he can to try to get the places in peace or pieces in place this year, especially we got depleted in the secondary and he's doing everything he can from a transfer standpoint to fill up our mm-hmm. secondary, which is nice. It's going to be hard to rebuild the defensive line overnight. I know that takes time. Um, but you expect to see some improvement there um, since we had some young guys playing up front there. So, yeah, I mean, nothing really to add except, like you said, it, it's a, it is a great comparison. You're just like, Scott, don't don't make this tough, man. Just Just get to seven wins. Like, I know you can do it. Get to seven wins. Get these kids to sign their letter of intent, and then that's when the real momentum starts. I mean, this is all great, but we got to get everybody on campus. The other thing he has to do, and I feel, I feel gross even saying this. It, it just chills me to the core of my cardinal bones. You got to at least be competitive with Kentucky. Like, yep. I mean, I, I know we all want to win that game, and and it would do even if you do go six and six or seven and five. If you have that Kentucky win, it changes the dynamic. I think entirely. I mean, hell, like last year, if we had been six and six with the Kentucky win as opposed to a seven thousand point blowout loss on our home field when we were favored, I think people would have felt entirely differently about the season. But you've got to at least you can't get blown out again. It's been three straight blowouts, two under your watch, one year where we didn't play. That 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 can't happen again. But you have to at least be within striking distance of that game. Which again, just making that comment as somebody who grew up watching Louisville be the clearly superior program in the state and kind of have their way with Kentucky for the most part. It just, I hate even saying that, but it's a fact. Yeah, Yeah, let's take take questions. So, yeah, we probably won't be able to, we've already talked for 50 minutes. We probably won't be able to get to all these, but we'll get to as many as we can. Um, I mean, most of these are people just (laughs) talking about you and Danny Manning, if if I'm being honest. Uh, But Texter James says, one, Theoretical, Louisville has to hire one of these three for AD. Debate the pros and the cons. Papa John, Tony Melito, and the Hammer. Well, Papa John, the pro is he's he's a Louisvillian, notable Louisvillian, a lot of money. The cons. The garlic sauce is good. Garlic sauce is good. I love the um, Parmesan breadsticks. It's one of the better deals with delivery pizza chains. The, <laughs> the cons. He's on record as saying the n-word a lot of cons a lot of cons hasn't really walked it back seems to be just kind of an overall despicable human being so that's 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 the downside um tony melito funny commercials that's the, the the pro i assume he has some money the cons i don't think he knows much about sports i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't trust him with the uofl athletic program and then Daryl Isaacs, maybe the best candidate in this group, like knows how to knows how to advertise. Yeah, also yeah. has money. Please. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd, I'd probably go with the heavy hitter over over those guys. Uh, the second part of James' question, he goes, the portal closes in two weeks, and Louisville has zero transfers or new 2022 recruits. What level of alarm should we be at a week from now if no change? Well, the the portal doesn't close in two weeks. <laughs> that just you scared just, the hell out of me. I was like, does it really? No, I mean, it's not. I mean, you can't enter 
the exactly. portal. Exactly. That's it. I, 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 I understand. Yeah. Yeah, but a, a kid who enters the portal before May first could theoretically still be in there in like mid June if they don't want to, to commit. But yeah, we don't have any transfers now. I would expect some other big names to get in there. But I mean, for the most part, like a majority of players who have entered the portal are still in the portal. It's not like everybody assigned. The biggest names that are out there are still pretty much out there. So, um, like I said, I, I think there are reasons to believe that we may not have as much success in the portal as we hopefully will in the future, just because this is the one we still can't make any guarantee about what our punishment from the NCAA is or isn't going to be. But let, uh, let me ask, I'm going to go jump ahead. in. Let me ask Mike Rutherford, SB Nation college basketball expert here. Give me your top three portal dream guys that you would want. Oh man, um, number I'm one. I guess two of them: the SMU kid and the the kid from Murray or Moorhead. Uh, Kendrick Davis is, is the kid from SMU, and I think he probably is the best player in the portal right now. I mean, everybody's reached out to him, um, and he would fill a role for us. I, I know. I think Kenny Payne likes bigger guards, but man, I mean, he's, he's only six foot, but he can shoot it. He can score. He averaged 20 points last year at SMU. Um, he would be my, my number one. I actually, I like Janai Broom a lot. I think he would help us a ton. I like KJ Williams from Murray State even more. Um, he was the OVC player of the year. He's also like 6'10. He's more of a power forward than a traditional, uh, center, but he can score in a variety of ways. I think he would help us out a bunch. And then I would go, I don't know, I've kind of been surprised to see him this far down on a lot of these lists. I think in a, in a different system, he could be an even better player. But Terrence Shannon from Texas Tech, oh, I, I think like is, him. I mean, I think he's NBA good. Like, I, I think yeah. he's, I think he's fantastic. And I think he. Plus, he's, he's coming from a, a toughness first program, which. Absolutely. I we need that. I would love it. I know Kentucky wants him as well. Um, but I would, if we got him, which I don't even think we're, we've, we've reached out to him. If we did get him, I think. He'd be phenomenal. The the fourth name that I would throw out there is Antoine Davis, the kid from you know Mike Davis's son from Detroit Mercy who entered the portal yesterday. He's you know he led the nation in scoring a few years ago. He broke Steph Curry's freshman record for made three pointers. Uh, he's put twenty seven on us back in November. Uh, can really really shoot it. We need shooters. If you do, if LLS is going to play the point, that's a pretty phenomenal guard to have next to him. Once again, he's a smaller guard, which I don't think Kenny Payne likes, but I mean, you can't ignore a guy who scored 24 or more points per game in all four years of his college basketball career. Like he would, he's a guy I would at least reach out to and see if you could get. Good deal. Thank you for expanding. No problem. Um, Texas says, or again, now I'm doing the radio thing. Uh, <laughs> Southern Card says, when are you running for state senator so we can gamble on the Reds? I'm not going to get into my. Kentucky politics sucks, and I can't believe these fucking morons are leaving billions of dollars on the table because they're stupid and they put their personal interests above the betterment of the entire state. But that's kind of my rant. I think it's the oh god. I mean, I'm not even. I live in Ohio, and I'm not encouraging anyone to to move to Ohio. But I am excited on the sports betting front that we are going to have it before the end of the calendar year, and. I mean, it's obvious Kentucky can't get it get out of its own way. It's pretty sad. I would run for state senate just to have the chance to call these people fucking morons to their yeah. face. Like that's yep. the, it, it's the most maddening thing of all time. Uh, Robert says, "Can you hit the Powerball so you can buy the Reds and restore them to prosperity?" Speaking of, of speaking of rants that we both oh, would love geez. to go on, 
Would you like to take a, I don't know, 30 seconds or so to talk about Phil Castellini or the entire Castellini family? That was, so, and I have no idea. I'm sure a lot of these people probably don't even follow baseball, and I don't judge them for that. But basically, the uh, the president of Cincinnati Reds, like the son of the owner who was basically handed everything in life, went on um, radio show uh, on opening day. And basically, when asked, like, "Hey, you know, what do you what do you say to the fans who are, have been patient for 15 years of losing, um, you know, and are waiting for some sort of other direction to go in?" And he basically, almost like holding the fans hostage, he said, "Where are they gonna Where are they gonna go? I mean, the only way we could be successful is if you know we move the team." Um, and it was like the most just pompous fucking asinine thing I've ever heard somebody say and it was one of the biggest turnoffs you could have for like as far as cheering for an organization I mean I love the Reds what you know we have family in the Reds and like I'll, I'll be honest like I, you know not to get too deep into it but I mean the Castellini is like I, I think to my extended family have they've probably been good to them um I don't you know that we've we've had people employed there for a long time but from a baseball fan perspective, I mean, my God, it, that couldn't have been a worse look in a million years. I know I made the joke on Twitter, and I know I've made it to you, too. Like the, he reminds me so much of the evil stepdad from Rookie of the Year who wants to send Henry to the, the Yankees. And just it's like his, so accurate. It's unbelievable. He's my son. He's my client. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's Phil Castellini. Like he's just the biggest fucking asshole in the entire world. God, the smug look on his face in the red blazer, like all day him trotting around and then not walking it back, even when he had a chance to in the second interview and basically doubling down. Like like everyone said, he said the quiet part out loud. Basically, like, I have all the money and you guys will still be peasant fans and eat peanuts and funnel, funnel cakes from us. Exactly. Every comment he makes essentially amounts to like, even if this team sucks, like I'm still going to be rich and you guys are going to be fucking losers. Like I, I want to drop kick this guy into the Ohio River. Oh, like, it, I, I cannot stand him. It's uh, and then like on top of it, like the team they put out this year. I mean, my God. Like, uh, granted, I mean the injuries don't help. India goes out of the game last night with a hamstring. Castillo starts the year on the DL. Um, it, it's been tough. I, you know, I, I said. On your radio show, I thought we could get to August in contention. I might have to walk that back. No, Might have to walk it back. Things are not trending um, very well right now. The season's over, Dan. Let's let's be real. The season's over. We're done. It's It's tough. This team sucks. Um, Cole says, gun to your head, what rap song could you cite word for word? I mean, several, I feel like. You are the lyric master. Like, even from the first day I met you, like, even the obscure rap songs, like, you could totally rattle off, like, anything. I was like, Jesus Christ, like, who the hell is this kid? I would uh, like to put that talent to to better use over the years. <laughs> but for whatever reason, like, lyrics do just have always kind of stuck with me. Oh, man. Uh, I'm opposite. See, like, even the songs I know, like, I still kind of, like, butcher the words and, like, probably say words that sound like what I think is in the song, but they're not actually the words. Um, so I'm the wrong guy to ask this, but, um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, rap song, I don't know, like the main, uh, like the biggies and the Nellies, those were like the, kind of the guys that, 
Um, I, I sound like such a, those are the guys <laughs> I grew up on, man. Like that they were, they, they ran through my bloodstream. This new, this new era of rap doesn't have the heart of Nelly. <laughs> the lyrics, like, you know, the lyrical nothing's genius. been the same since Air Force Ones. It's just, you don't make them like that anymore. <laughs> that Tim McGraw song that he did change the game. <laughs> Uh, by, I mean, Outcast Rosa Parks, I think is the first one that comes to my mind. Um, I, I love Mo Money, Mo Problems still. Speaking of just vanilla pop rap, but I still love the song. I can't, I can't hate it, but Rosa Parks, I could do. The Andre 3000 verse is the best. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Um, Draco says, could 2023 be the return of the year of the Cardinal with basketball and football having a recruiting upswing? I'm kind of, I feel like I'm leaning more towards 2024 just because, you know, this year we'll see what happens in football. I, I think you should have, like, there's really no excuse to not win seven games in my eyes with Malik Cunningham coming back, the talent at running back, the returning guys on, on defense and the offensive line. If you can't win seven, then I feel not great. And, and then 2023, I know you're getting that recruiting class in, but the, I mean, we're talking about true freshmen. It's going to take a little bit. I would say, Let's wait until that that second year with that class and hopefully some guys that have developed over the, 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 the two years since then. And then because of what I just mentioned, like waiting to get recruits in on the basketball side, waiting until we can get this NCA stuff out of the way, that's what I would point to. I, I think let's look towards the 2023-2024 athletic season for hopefully kind of a return to prominence. Do you feel like that's fair? Yeah, but I, I think that's fair from my on-the-court um, product. But as far as like – fan excitement and getting fans back in the oh, yeah. I, I like no and I, I know that wasn't the question but I am totally like all in on trying to get to as many you know football and basketball games and I, I feel like that excitement has returned um and especially and man I, this is the one year I wish we started football at home and I know we're on the road for the first two games if I mean even just one and one, get us to one and one the first two games, yeah. and like we're gonna have that place rocking for Florida State in week three. Um, but yeah, I mean football and basketball, I expect a big return in fan attendance. Yeah, if you could, I mean, dream scenario for this fall is, yeah, you know, we should beat Syracuse. We, I mean, we we've only lost to them once since we joined the ACC. And those that was- games up there, are always, I feel like we play them at home a lot for whatever reason. Those games up there are a little quirky i feel like well we've played them at home i think three straight years because of covid yeah uh, made the schedule quirky but we i mean if you go look at the numbers we pretty we don't just beat them we kick the shit out of them every single year outside of the one year where they beat us in 2018 like we destroy these guys and you've got to keep that going you've got to win that game ucf they're going to be heavy on on transfers again a lot of talented conference uh, players have gone down there um, it's going to be a tough game. If you win both those, though, like you said, if you're two and zero coming back home, that Friday night game against Florida State, first home game back, with all of the juice we have in recruiting, with I think the newfound faith that people are going to have in Scott Satterfield if you get off to a good start, it should be the best atmosphere we've had in a long, long time at that place. Like that would be that's that's the dream scenario. Yeah. Um, our guy David Levitch, and it's it's Derby research time, but he wants to know who we like early on for the Derby. Do you have, are you leaning one way or the other right now? Because I have a, I have a lean, but I don't know if I want to give it away just yet. Um, I mean, you know me. When it comes down to like, hey, forty five minutes till post time, like, 
my tickets just started going everywhere. Um, but if I could pick a lean right now, and this horse might actually be the favorite by the time it goes off, I'd probably lean Epicenter. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Still a lot of time. I mean, there's, you know, you, you want to see post position draws and kind of how they're doing during the week. But um, right now, I mean, I will say, and I, I tweeted this to our horse racing text group, the uh, the California horse that Baffert just pretty much had his, like, pseudo trainer take over for that absolutely romped and beat Messier. I forget the horse's name, like Tabia or Tabia. That has, like, another justify, like, written all over it, I feel like. Like, hey, who's this guy? Oh, shit, he's an absolute monster, you know. And then the juiced-up questions will come. So, yeah, you have my uh, – my eyes on that horse as well as much as I hate it. My early lean is Charge It. I like Charge It a lot. I just want to. I know. I, I Get Luis Saez away from that fucking horse. Get Luis Saez off him. Get, keep him away from him. He should have won. Uh, if Saez hadn't been the jock, I think he would have won uh, last time out, but man. Like, that's my early... But we still got we got a ways to go. We got a, a oh. few weeks. I want to I wanna see the works. I want to get out to the track a couple of times on Derby week or the week before, and it's, I mean, it should be a great betting race. And I know people have been saying that for the last few years, but I think this year especially, I think it's going to be, I think you're not going to have an overwhelming dominant favorite. It should be a really fun derby. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I, li- I like this progression. Cash has said, are you concerned that an X's and O's uh, true coach slash former head coach hasn't been hired on staff yet? And then an Ouch. hour. An hour, no, no, no. An hour later. Never mind. Oh. Looks like we're hiring Danny Manning at oh. Danzone 85. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hey, let's see. I mean, let's see what he's done as an assistant. We don't have to look at the head coaching record, okay? Hey, a um, couple good years at Tulsa. That's all that yeah, matters. It, yeah, I know. Great I'm years at Tulsa. I'm more of an AAC guy than an ACC guy as far as measuring coaching success. So that's, You that's, try winning at Wake Forest. <laughs> Uh, Sarah says, what's the over-under for number of uh, men's basketball games that Kenny Payne can lose before the fan base turns on him? Uh, I mean... <laughs> a thousand? <laughs> I think there is, and this is part of the reason why, it sounds like I'm just being like a, you know, a party pooper when I, when I do the whole, like, let's, let's not get, let's not go crazy about our predictions for the first season because, you know, we, we don't even have a roster yet, let's see who we get, but... My concern is that there's all this good news. People are so desperate. I'm so desperate to get back to like the Louisville basketball that we know that that we were, you know, we followed for most of our lives. That I think we're taking every piece of little piece of good news and just saying like we're back. Like like it's it's done. Like we got Nolan Smith. We're good. And the reality is it might take a little bit of time. I mean, we don't know how this first season is going to go. And I hope that you know people who maybe living and dying with every roster move or maybe aren't following this stuff so closely but are seeing the enthusiasm, I hope that those people aren't going to get just super, super disappointed if we, like, lose a couple of games in November or early December because I do think there's an element of the fan base that's going to be like, this guy had never been a head coach before, I fucking told you, and, and all this stuff. And, look, I had concerns about hiring Kenny Payne. I made them known many times on the pod and on the radio show. I, I mean, I'm not going to be that guy. Because I think it's going to take a little bit of time, you know, before we can really hit the ground running, just because of the NCA stuff, and because this is new to everybody. So, like, I'll, I hope people are are that patient. I hope people will understand. But 
yeah, there's, I mean, this is Louisville. There's definitely going to be an element of the fan base that turns on him if we have like another Furman type game in, in November. Yeah. I mean, Twitter exists. As long as Twitter exists, there's going to be, you know, the unrealistic part of a fan base, no matter what that fan base is, that just has absolute ludicrous takes. And if you're expecting greatness in year one, then I don't know what to tell you because it's not going to happen. But, um, yeah, just, just, you know, baby steps. That's what we're looking for. Baby steps and then the big things will come later on. Back to back to back tweets. Uh, is this the greatest day of Dan's life? If the rumors are true and Danny Manning joins the staff, how quickly is Dan risen? He is risen. No, I, I mean, this is just, this is great. I mean, I am, uh, I am on cloud nine. It's, uh, my kids, once they get home, they'll have no idea why I, I've been on my third bourbon at three o'clock. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's exciting for sure. Yeah, I mean, all of these are just Dan, Danny Manning, Dan, Danny Manning. Um, Zachary says, what would Scott Satterfield's record have to be uh, for the to be fired after all this recruiting momentum? I feel like four and eight, maybe. Does that feel I right? Even, like, we have never had this recruiting momentum ever. Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it might, it might, that, that might not be enough. I, I just don't, like, unless you go, like, 1-11, like a Petrino last year, I just don't see him getting fired unless, like, then, I mean, if you go, like, two two wins or three wins, like, I think you're going to start seeing some decommits, and that's when I think it would all fall apart. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, even 4-8, and eight, as long as we keep the recruiting class together, I would, you know, would I be okay with him being there? I wouldn't, like be doing cartwheels about it but i still don't think you can fire him we had back to back to back danny tweets now we have back to back tweets about my daughter uh virginia uh carito says will virginia be able to sports bet in kentucky by the time she's old enough to probably not um i'm giving it 20 years i think she's she's two so she would be 18 no it's not happening in 16 years morgan says what are virginia's thoughts on kenny payne she fucking loves him fucking (laughs) loves him and this is a this is a two-and-a-half-year-old who has never seen Louisville play in the NCAA tournament. She's been tortured. She's desperate. Her only dream, the only thing she talks about every single day besides Minnie Mouse is when will the cards be in the NCAA tournament. She believes Kenny Payne can get the job done. That's that's where we are. Um, Pat says, how many songs did you sing out loud at Disney on Ice? And if you had to be a Disney character, who would it be and why? And three, what are your thoughts on Rondo potentially joining the U of L coaching staff? One, I sang, I definitely sang a few of the songs out loud at Disney on Ice, like with Virginia. Um, I mean, I, whole new world, no question, was belting that out. If I had to be a Disney character, who would I be and why? Who would you be, Dan? I mean, I'm 100% goofy. Like, it's not even a, <laughs> like, I was born to be goofy. I can see Mickey. Mickey's an icon, but Goofy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm considering taking a role as Goofy. I'm considering taking a role as Goofy. Um, I think Gaston from Beauty and the Beast is hilarious. Like he's the most evil Disney character of all time, but I laugh at everything he does. <laughs> How can you read this? There aren't any words. There aren't any pictures in this book. Like it's it's objectively hilarious. Um, I don't know. I'd go with. I wouldn't mind being Aladdin. Sure. Why not? Yeah. I, 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 yeah. 
I don't know. That, that's a pretty big step up for you. I I see you more along the lines of. Uh, it's. I mean, it's who I could be. It's. It's not who I think I am. It's. It's who would you want to be? Oh, who would you want to be? Oh, yeah. well, that's a different story. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone would labels me as goofy. Who would I want to be? Um. Yeah. I mean, I think Aladdin's like first round. You know, top two pick. Every every person would want him. So we all uh, think Jasmine's hot. Let's just be real. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how weird we want to get on this pod, but <laughs> I mean, what? Why stop now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and have you heard that there have been rumors? I've got, and I've got zero insight into whether or not there's any truth to them. But there have been rumors that Rajon Rondo could be joining the U of L staff in some. I form. mean, you want to talk? You want to talk about like? I mean, I'm excited now. Like, if we got Rondo, I'd be like, oh my god! I'm like, I wouldn't even know what to do with myself. Uh, Alfredo, and this is a this is a tweet directed at both of our hearts. Does Phil Castellini eat sloppy steaks? <laughs> oh my God, he doesn't deserve sloppy steaks. I swear to God. You uh, think this is slick back? This is pushback. This is pushback. Oh, I don't know. I mean, he he has moved up on my number one most hated guy. Like, out of nowhere. Like, I have a list of most hated guys I kind of keep to myself. And, like, no one has made a faster jump than Phil Castellini. He vaulted to the top with one in one day, so props to him. Slick back hair, white pants, trading Jesse Weaker to Seattle. <laughs> oh, God. We need a new Tim Robinson. I, I'm so ready. Um, Texas <laughs> Twitter, Jonathan, Dr. Jonathan Ballman says, I can't believe I had to go through Masters without the best fantasy golf podcast out there. Oh, I'm so glad people actually tune in for this. Well, if you want your fix this week, I mean, we have, I think, three second play. I think we have, like, six top ten so far this year. Um, like we said, we had Cam Smith in the Masters. This week we have Tyrell Hatton. Um, you know, Kisner match play, lost in the finals. Kisner match play, lost in the finals. Basically, Scotty Scheffler is just absolutely fucking us right now. So, yeah. Um, anyways, I mean, we're we're sitting okay. We, you know, 13th place, still got a long way to go. But uh, yeah, if if anyone wants to reach out for just unsolicited golf advice, <laughs> uh, we are totally open to whatever you have. Bobby says, "Who is more pumped, you when we hired Nolan Smith or Virginia at Disney on Ice?" Uh, I was very excited to see Nolan Smith hired. I love Nolan. I was crushed when he didn't come here, but I understood it. But I think I still got to give the nod to Virginia Disney on Ice. The kid was on fucking cloud nine. Like when Dude, those when, videos were just amazing. When Donald came out, it was like Christ finally came back. <laughs> like, I've never seen anybody react to anything like that because they did like the first little number where it was like the normal people, the supporting cast came out and danced. And she was just kind of staring and taking it in. She's like, "This is cool, but like, I want, I want my crew. I want Minnie. I want Nikki. I want Donald. I want Goofy." And she was kind of, I think, getting concerned that they weren't going to come. And when Donald came out for the first time, I mean, just it was like me when Russ Smith used to come out during starting. Like, she just lost it. It was awesome. It's so funny. Like, my kids are just different. I don't know. They just never got into the characters. Like when we went to Disney last summer, like. All my kids cared about. We didn't take our youngest, Mallory, because she was, you know, she had just turned one year, so we left her behind. But we took Lila, who was four at the time, and Cam, who was six at the time. And they don't, like, Lila, you would think she's in the characters. We're like, oh, look, there's Minnie. Like, it was like a blow-by to get to Splash. <laughs> like, just 
walked right past the characters <laughs> to hop in line for the roller coaster. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's funny watching, you know, kids grow up and their different personalities. I got to tell you, like, so speaking of personalities, like we were in the basement. We had, you know, the storms came through Louisville. Hopefully everybody stayed safe on um, on yeah, Wednesday. That was, that was pretty scary. So we, and we came down here when the sirens went off, and, you know, Virginia was on cloud nine because she got to watch her iPad and play with toys, like, later than usual. So she's playing with all these toys. And I don't know, like, do your kids watch the YouTube videos where, like, it's basically kids or adults playing with toys? They, they went through that stage. I'm sure my youngest, Mallory, at some point will stumble upon those, like, when we hand her an iPad or a iPhone. But, yeah, we went through that stage. We're out of it now. So I – do it like I, I let her watch those when I'm desperate, and you know, a little bit of insight. I'm desperate a lot to 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 so, like give Virginia something I, to do. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna clue in all the non fathers out there. When you become a father, you become desperate. So like she's playing with toys the other night, and she's you know she narrates her her playing. It's it's really cute. She's like, yeah. Minnie, do you want to go to the ice cream shop? Like, of course. And like it's it's fun. We watch. So Mary and I are listening to her do this, and out of nowhere, we hear her be like. Please, I hope you enjoyed the video. Please like, subscribe, and comment below. And we were like, we looked at each other and we're like, oh, fuck. Like, th- this is the moment where we know we failed. We, we, we kind of, we've been thinking for a while that we failed as parents, but this is the moment where, yeah, like, like this is, this is not good. And she's, like, she'll be reading a book and she's like, hey guys, today we're reading Minnie and Meg. I'm like, oh my God, you're two and a half. Like, how, how does this happen? So, on one hand, awful parents. No question about it. Like, like, no way to defend it. Terrible. On the other hand, we're like three years away from her launching her own channel and become like us, us becoming millionaires and being able to quit our jobs. So, I kind of feel good about this. It, you know, short term, not great. Long term, feeling pretty good about it. But it was it was not a great enough. moment for us as parents. Virginia is cute enough and has enough charisma to where. If she told me how to stack Peppa Pig toys, I would turn on and watch it. I know that. It's coming. It's happening. Watch out for it. We're going to make this a a thing so that both of us can quit our jobs. It's going to be great. Um, All right. I just looked at my phone. My dad has texted me. Um, (laughs) My my dad, Glenn Rutherford, Danny fucking Manning. Don't know how to feel about this one. (laughs) Glenn. Glenn, get on board, buddy. Wait, wait, wait till we're doing Akeem Olajuwon post moves on night one. <laughs> oh God! Um, all right, we, I, we've we've talked way too long. I if we didn't get to your tweets, I'm so sorry. Uh, we will. I, I was gonna say promise. I can't make any promises at this point. But we don't we, promise anymore. We I, yeah, we shouldn't. It's 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 not it's not considerate. We're going to try to have at least one episode a week from this point forward. Hopefully things will settle down for both of us and Dan will be traveling the world and, and we can get things under control here at the Rutherford household. But do you have a, a Dan of the dump story to end this episode? Um, I'll make it quick. And this sounds like actually pretty pompous. So I feel bad even saying this, but like I did go to the masters and like shout out to my buddy, Mark, who hooked me up with a ticket, like absolutely incredible gesture. Um, it was awesome. Um, just an absolute great experience. Uh, so <laughs> the merchandise tent. Okay. I don't know if anyone's ever been, but when you go in there, it is the biggest free for all. Like it is, it's the most intimidating place for like a male, like, cause 
Obviously, they don't sell Masters <laughs> gear anywhere. And then you get in there, and, like, all of a sudden, you have to, like, become, like, a professional shopper because you want to get your stuff, you want to get out, but there's so many options, you're, like, overwhelmed. And just, like, this sounds, right. It sounds a lot like Dan Flashes. Yeah, like, to say I was rattled in there would be an understatement. Like, I think I got something and put it back, like, a total of, like, 15 times. Like, um, but anyways, like, my wife was like, don't get me anything, like, because I got to go to a practice run, like, four years ago. She's like, you got me a jacket. Like, don't get me anything. And I'm like, well, obviously, I want to do something nice and get her something. So, like, I, again, no phone, so I can't text her, like, what do you like? Do you like this? Like, you don't have phones, so you have to do it all on your own. So I, for whatever reason, like, I mean, my wife, like, I mean, she's athletic, but she never goes golfing. I got her a collared shirt with, like, no sleeves, like something that, like, a PGA Tour professional would wear. And I, like, got out. And, like, this was, like, a $95 shirt. And I, like, walked out of the store, and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? And, like, Mark was like, once you get Kim, I, like, held it up. He's like, oh. He's like, do you guys golf a lot? And I was like, No. She never golfs. He's like, what the hell are you doing? How much was that? I was like, $95. He's like, well, that was a mistake. I was like, Jesus, like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever purchased. I, like, brought it home to Kim. She was like, oh, thanks. Like, she's she's never going to wear this. So if you're in the market for a cutoff white zip-up golf shirt, medium, you know, it, it's it's there for you. Oh, perfect end to a lengthy episode, but, I mean, it's not every day that you hire Danny Manning, who, while we've been recording this just now, has officially been announced as uh, Kenny Payne's second assistant coach. I mean, just take a moment. Like, fucking unbelievable that this It really happen. is. We are yeah. absolutely... If, if, we ever, if we ever have a guest on the pod, like, we have to have him as the first guest, no He's doubt. He's got to be the first guest. It's got to yeah. happen. We are definitely living in a simulation. There's no way around it. This is This is not real life, but... Here we are. All right. Uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. It's the best way to find out uh, when new episodes are available, hopefully <laughs> more than once a month moving forward. Uh, we are going to I, – I, I promise we will try to be better. We're going to try to make this happen at least once a week during the offseason. We've still got Cards Baseball to focus on. So subscribe to the podcast. Give us a rating. Leave a review if you can. Uh, I didn't check if there are any new reviews. I can only assume that there aren't because we haven't done an episode in a long time. But we read the reviews on the podcast to try to encourage you to make that happen. So um, I promise we're going to do better. We're going to try to do better. You'll be hearing from us hopefully next week. Until we talk to you guys again, though, go Danny Manning. Go Cards. We're coming, baby. Go Cards.